Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com, and today we're discussing my latest piece for JustBaseball.com titled, Why Ichiro Suzuki Should Have Never Won the 2001 AL MVP. And this is a take I've been sitting on for some time, and there's even a, a grander one where I just straight up call Ichiro overrated, and that one is going to blow some people back, and I'm not ready to put my name on it because I still know that Ichiro Suzuki is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I would never argue against that. But the thing about Ichiro is you look at his statistics and you put it in a modern lens with the way we view the game now, he becomes a less valuable player because we now look at stats like weighted runs created plus, um, WRC plus that is, which measures it as based on a league average of 100, and OPS plus. And we care more about on-base percentage than batting average. And when you look at all of those things, suddenly the infield hit becomes a little less valuable. Even though we remember those times where Ichiro would hit a soft grounder to the shortstop, beat it out, steal second, score on the base hit, and there's a run on the board. But nowadays, you'd rather that hitter just hit one out himself. And just make it that simple. Just hit the home run. And there were those who said Ichiro could have hit 30 home runs if he wanted to, but he didn't. And so when I look back at 2001, and I'm on baseball reference, and I happen to see Jason Giambi's statistics in comparison to Ichiro, I scratched my head and said, what the hell were the voters thinking? Why did they not see the obvious? That Jason Giambi was leaps and bounds better than Ichiro Suzuki in his lone MVP season. This is not a knock to say Ichiro wasn't great, shouldn't have been an all-star, shouldn't have won gold gloves and silver sluggers. It's to say he never should have won an MVP because he was never the best player in baseball and everyone's going to remember his first year and say he was. And say, hey, you know, he, he burst onto the scene as a rookie and no one was better. But I'm here to tell you that someone was way better. And there's actually multiple someones who were better. I can give you three names that were better that year. One of them was on his own team. I'm talking about in his league, because it's not even mentioning Barry Bonds. But let's go back in time, 22 years. The turn of the century, at a time in baseball, late 90s, early 2000s, where offense was king. It really was. And why was that? Well, we all know. Performance-enhancing drugs. But hey, at the time, we didn't care. When America was tuned in every night for the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run chase to, to run down Maris's record, we loved it. It was fireworks. No one thought about what was going on in the shadows. And when we remember baseball history for those times, I'm always at the belief that you should remember history as it was. Who was the best player of that era? Barry Bonds. He deserves to be a four-time MVP or six-time MVP, but four consecutive MVPs, 2001 through 2004, because he was head and shoulders, without a doubt, the best baseball player going during that era. No one could even touch him. That year, what did Barry Bonds do? He had 328, 515, 863 slug. The on-base there was 515, if you didn't catch that. He got on base over half the time. He broke Sosa McGuire's record, 73 home runs, 235 weighted runs created plus, 135% better than your league average hitter. Statistically, greatest individual season in MLB history. The thing is, Jason Giambi was the American League version of that. Maybe not to the same heights, 
but certainly very impressive. And Ichiro, meanwhile, when you look at OPS, this is the most damning stat in this article that I wrote. His 838 OPS, do you know how many people finished the season better than MVP Ichiro Suzuki? Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. No, 55 players had an OPS better than eventual MVP Ichiro Suzuki. And the five names right above him are laughable. It's Paul Canerco, 856. Mark Grace, 852. Jeremy Burnett's 851. Doug Mikhevich, 851. That's my favorite. And Corey Kotsky, 850. That means there was 55 players in Major League Baseball that had an OPS of 850 or better. Compare that to last season in 2022, only 16 did it. So offense was at a premium. But Ichiro, his numbers don't really compare. And that's where we get into the Jason Giambi of it all. A lot of you remember Moneyball, right? They had to replace Giambi and Damon, their two best players. Well, guess what? Johnny Damon wasn't that good. That's why Jonah Hill said he was better on the Red Sox payroll, if you remember the movie. Because his OPS was sub-700 that year. He got on base a little over a 320 clip. It was Giambi they had to make up in the aggregate with all these different players who could get on base. Because it was Giambi that for a two-year span in 2000, his first and his only MVP season. In 2001, what should have been his second MVP season. The man got on base at better than a 475 clip in each of those years. 2001, his last year in Oakland, he had 342, 477 on base, 660 slug, 38 home runs, two triples, and a league-leading 47 doubles. Add it all up, you have 87 extra base hits. Each row is at 50. So 37 additional extra base hits for Giambi. He didn't quite post the absurd 26.7% walk rate of Barry Bonds, but his walk rate as the second most feared hitter in the game was at 19.2%. You pair that with a strikeout rate at 12.4%, you got a really special hitter. I will, to be fair to Ichiro, give him his due. His strikeout rate was 7.2% better than Giambi's, but that was one of three stats that he was better than Giambi in. It was strikeout percentage, hits, and batting average. That was it. 350 batting average compared to 342. And when you add in the on-base element, Giambi got on base 331 times. Ichiro got on base 282 times. Nearly 50 more times Giambi got on base in less plate appearances. All while hitting an additional 30 home runs compared to Ichiro and driving in 120. You can look at wins above replacement. Who is the most valuable? The very simple stat that tells us that. You look at Fangrass wins above replacement and baseball reference. They both agree. 9.2 wins above replacement for Giambi. Ichiro trailed way behind. Six according to Fangraphs. So according to Fangraphs, Giambi was over three wins better than Ichiro. Baseball reference had Ichiro at 7.7. So even that one is a win and a half better. No doubt, Giambi was the better player. His American League leading 1,137 OPS was nearly 300 points better than Ichiro, and he trounces him in OPS Plus and WRC Plus, where he posted a 199 OPS Plus and a 193 WRC Plus compared to Ichiro at 126 and 124. The only logical argument you could make, and it was the one they made back then, for why Ichiro deserved to be the MVP is the narrative. Guy comes in, first year from the NPB, makes a smooth transition like we've never seen before, 
and is the catalyst on the best team in Major League Baseball. That year, the Mariners won 116 games. No one has ever won more. The Chicago Cubs matched them back in 1906, setting the record, and the Mariners tied it. But you look at that team, and it was a great team. It wasn't just Ichiro. Sure, he was a global sensation, but there was four guys on that team that started in the All-Star game. You had John Olderwood at first base, Brett Boone at second, Edgar Martinez was the DH, and then you had Ichiro. And Cameron Mabin was the starting center fielder on the Mariners. Ichiro started the All-Star game. But Mabin was an incredible defensive center fielder, and he was an All-Star reserve. And they had three pitchers at the All-Star game. Now, the All-Star game conveniently took place in Seattle, so all eyes were on the Mariners, and they certainly pad that roster with Mariners, but all those guys who the statistics had all-star worthy seasons. They were all great. And the crazy thing is one guy was actually better than Ichiro. He's one of my three guys that was better than Ichiro that season. The third one's A-Rod, by the way. Brett Boone hit 331, 2001, 372 on base, 578 slug, had 37 home runs, three triples, 37 doubles, led the American League. 141 runs driven in. He had over 200 hits. He had 118 runs scored. Within 10 of each row, he scored 127. His OPS was over 100 points better than each row at 950. And yet, he didn't lead the team in OPS. That was Edgar Martinez at 966. Did it in 133 games, hit 306, 423 on base, 543 slug. Had the fourth best WRC plus in the American League with his 157 mark. I can make an argument that Ichiro was the third best hitter on that team. Now, he wasn't the third best player because Edgar Martinez was a DH only and Ichiro was a gold glover in right field, but Brett Boone was no slouch defensively at second base, and if you look at wins above replacement, his 8.8 baseball reference wins above replacements over a win better than Ichiro. And his 7.8 Fangrass wins above replacement is nearly two wins better. So I can make the case that Boone should have been the MVP over Ichiro. And he was third in the voting. You had Ichiro get 11 votes. You had Boone get 7 and Giambi get 8. But while we could debate who was the most valuable player on the marriage, you could not do that for Giambi in the athletics. Yes, he had Damon. Damon had a 687 OPS. Now, despite okay, what the movie will tell you in Moneyball, there was two guys that were amazing on those teams that never get talked about. That's Eric Chavez and Miguel Tejada, guys that have become criminally underrated for what they did in their big league career. They were the second and third best players on that A's team, and they each hit over 30 home runs and drove in over 100. So it's not like Giambi had no help. He just had less help than Ishiro did in Seattle. He didn't have a guy that was a top three MVP finisher and a future Hall of Famer. He had two really nice players with him. And a couple other good guys. Jermaine Dye had a nice year, but only played about 60 games. There was there was a few other ones, but you know, the the top of the lineup of you know, Damon and Chavez and Tejada and Giambi pills in comparison to the cumulative uh, you know, group they had in Seattle. Yet, Giambi powered the Oakland Athletics to 102 wins. Okay, With the best stats in the league. He took a team with a bottom barrel payroll and made him a 100-win ball club. Voter fatigue was real. Giambi won the year before. Here's this new guy that comes in that is on everyone's mind constantly, and you understand why 11 people would vote for Ichiro Suzuki and why he won the award. But they didn't get it right. 
And you could say, hey, well, Giambi at least got his MVP. Who cares? There's only been 32 guys in MLB history who have won multiple MVPs. And only 13 have done it in back-to-back years. And the thing about that list and the thing that, to me, as someone that appreciates the history of baseball, that it's a little bit frustrating going back in time thinking about it. To be a back-to-back MVP or a back-to-back Cy Young, that means that you didn't just own a season. You owned a, a part of an era of baseball. Okay? There was a stretch in time where you were not only the best player in baseball for a year, but two calendar years, 24 months, you were atop the mountain. You look at the list of guys who have done it. Most recently, Miguel Cabrera, 2012-2013. Albert Pujols, 2008-2009. Barry Bonds started in 2001, same season. Did it four consecutive years. Frank Thomas, 93-94. Barry Bonds again with the Pirates, 92-93. Dale Murphy, 82-83. or 82, Mike Schmidt, 80-81. Uh, Joe Morgan, 75-76. Roger Maris, 60-61. Ernie Banks, 58-59. Mickey Mantle, 56-57. Yogi Berra, 54-55. Hal Newhauser, 44-45. And then Jimmy Fox, 32-33. That is a short list of pretty much all Hall of Famers. And Giambi... Not going to be a Hall of Famer. But he could have belonged on that list and rightfully should have based on what he did in those two years where say what you want about steroids or anything else because we don't know what he was doing back then. For a two-year run in Oakland on that team with that small of a payroll, Jason Giambi was the best hitter in the American League. And voters were swept up in the sensation that was Suzuki. They gave him a gold glove, a silver slugger, the rookie of the year. He won a batting title himself. And he got the MVP. He took home every single award a position player could possibly get. And while it doesn't matter much, looking back in time, I remember when I saw the stats and thought back to it, it's like, man, Giambi should have won. And I'll tell you what, I remember in elementary school, I had a buddy named Jake Wild. We had recess together, of course. He was in my class. And I remember he used to pretend to be Ichiro in kickball. I thought it was the stupidest thing. He'd run up, he'd kick a little dribbler, he'd get on first base. I remember me in elementary school back in the day. I felt myself more Jason Giambi type. I'd sit back, I'd rear my leg back, and I would try to kick that ball so far that we wouldn't have it for the rest of recess. So maybe I appreciate those type of players. Maybe there's a small part of the six-year-old boy in me from 2001 that saw these stats in 2021, probably, 20 years later when I was 26 or something like that. Thought to myself, man, Ichiro was not the best player in baseball. Maybe I'm a horrible guy for thinking it, but I think if you listen to this show, if you read my article and saw the stats, you'd understand yourself that that is the case. Regardless, doesn't matter now. Ichiro will always have his one MVP. That's going to be all for this edition of Who's Better Baseball. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and check out all the great written content we have coming your way. Just baseball.com.